world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, you guys are acting like a bunch of crack addicts out there today. Makes me feel good. My, my phone's blowing up. My email's blowing up. Coach, I can't get in. I can't get in. I can't get in. I can't get my fix. Can't get my fix this morning. <laughs> Coach. Technical issues, folks. Some of you probably still aren't even hearing us. Technical issues, power outage in North Carolina, if I understand it, which uh, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, this show is broadcast out of North Carolina. Don't ask me how. I'm sitting in the cornfields outside of Columbus, Ohio, but the show is broadcast through North Carolina, Mayberry RFD to be uh, Andy Griffith territory. That's where this show comes from. That's the power source. So, excuse me, they had some type of power problem down there in North Carolina. We're a little bit late getting up here, but Spencer and Jonathan and Jared and those guys down there did a wonderful job. Wonderful job uh, getting it up and running. Hey, I want to say this real quick because, look, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. It costs me a lot of money to do this every day. It, do, it does, folks. I, it does. And, you know, I've, I've gone on and on. If, so, if you guys would just, just – can, can you guys just commit $20 a month? Could you, it, it would really take some pressure off of us because I, I ain't going to go away. But we want to we do, do a great production, man, a great production. If we could just get – Come on, man. Anyway, I, a lot of, man, oh, man, I got, I'm going to be all over the place today again because um, I've become aware of, Betty's already prayed this in, Lord, just bless this time, anoint my lips, my tongue. Let me speak words that you want me to speak in Jesus' name. Uh, <clears throat> man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Poor Matthew 10. Because, again, I, I feel every day when I come in here, and, and again, I often repeat, repeat to my wife says, I know you talked about that yesterday. She says it in a loving way, right? And I say, right, the art of, art of uh, teaching is repetition. So I have to say it over and again so that you would get it. Uh, Spencer, if you would go down to Matthew, uh, start verse 16, I think it was. You, you can scroll down there a little bit. <clears throat> and I, I had a couple phone uh, conversations yesterday. Yes, I have a phone. Yes, it works. Yes, I try to pick it up when people call, but sometimes I'm in a meeting and I can't, and I always try to get back. And sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes the, my voicemail doesn't, I'm just sometimes the voicemail doesn't go through. I get it two days later. And so I try to, I try as much as possible, try to get back to, to everybody. And I had a couple conversations yesterday and I became, I became, uh, what's the word? I became poignantly aware of, what some people are dealing with in regards to tension as a result of this show. Your spouses are mad at him. Your children are mad at him. Your friends are mad at him. People think they've lost their mind. These are, folks, I'm telling you, these are real world results, conditions, effects. It's really going on. A lot of people are having division in their houses because of what what we what we do here, and I want you to know this. And I I don't want to do that. I don't want to do. I I'm, I'm look. I love my wife so much. We are one, and I would not, in any way, shape, or form, want to come in and bring a division between you and a spouse or you and a child. But there are certain things, folks. Certain things that are going to naturally cause division. And I could, I could, uh, I do have some pastors out there that like me and some pastors I can fight with. In fact, I had lunch yesterday with my buddy, Tom Gill and talked to, talked to two or three other pastors. Yeah. Real pastors on the phone yesterday. And some of the pastors who are, can, can I say this in a nice way? 
who are upping their game, they're getting some pushback, folks. They're getting some pushback. And to understand, just like me, I understand financial pressure. You guys understand financial pressure. If you're running a church and people aren't coming, you're running people off, that brings an undue financial pressure. That's It's real, man. It's real. And so for a, a, a pastor or whoever, for them to really kind of go all in on the, uh, an awakening that's going on in their heart, man, it has consequences. It has consequences. And so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to act like it doesn't because I know it does. Okay. But I also want to open up today's show with, uh, I was up there talking with, with the shop, getting my glasses on, like people are popping stuff up. And uh, I, I'm going to pull, pull it up for me, Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 10. <clears throat> hey, friends, I want you to, are y'all looking at me? These are the words of Jesus Christ himself. This isn't Paul saying something. This isn't the first letter of John. This isn't Thessalonians. No, no. These are words written in red. Okay, I don't know if they're in red, but red letter Christians. Now I'm going to give you the heart and soul of Christianity. And we'll give it to you right here, right now, out of the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. No matter what your past, I got some statistics to show you, going to curl your toes. You ready? Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. You can stop right there. If if, If somebody told you that you were going to walk in danger and you might get eaten alive, you'd be a bit hesitant, wouldn't you? What a picture, sheep in the midst of wolves. Jesus Christ talking to his disciples, okay? Look at me. I know some of you have sacrificed greatly. I know that. And I'm going to tell you this. It's going to get worse, worse before it gets better. The Bible says, can two walk together lest they agree? Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men. Isn't it amazing? He's not telling you to be worried about the wolf. He said, you better beware of men. For they will deliver you up to their church councils. And they will scourge you in their buildings. And you're going to be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for testimony. He said, you're going to get your butt in trouble because you're going to be able, when you do get your butt in trouble, you're going to be able to testify against them. Mm. Falsehoods, right? Hey, this ain't, this ain't a Jesus loves everybody gospel. I'm sorry for those who've been teaching you that. But when they deliver you, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That has to be a typo. Shouldn't that say, but if they deliver you up? No, it's when, though. But when they deliver you up, when they turn their back on you, take no thought how or what you shall speak, because it's going to be given unto you in that same hour what you shall speak, for it is not you that speak, but the spirit of your Father that speaketh in you. Oh man, I'm goosebumping. I'm so proud of Dave, Dave, uh, to walk into that daggone group of people and say, "What about hate? What about hate? Huh? huh? Oh, they, Dave, they hate you now. You can bet on that. Oh, they hate you. Huh? huh? It's not because Dave wasn't you that spoke. It was the spirit of your father that spoke in a bottle. And you know what happened when you do that, Betty? Brother shall deliver up brother to the death. Now wait a minute. That could be physical brother. But that could also be Christian brother. Could it not, brothers and sisters? And brother shall deliver up the brother. And the father is going to deliver up the child. And the children are going to rise up against their parents. Somebody say amen. Can somebody say amen? That's me. That's happening to me. Amen. Amen. He told us it's going to. Pastor Billy Bob told you everybody's going to love you because God is love, right? And you shall be hated of all men. David, hey, there it is, Dave. There it is. 
They don't even want to talk about it. Jesus said they're going to hate you. Why? For him. He said, you go out and you live your life out of me for my name. They, they, dude, they, 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 you ain't going to win no popularity contest. <laughs> you ain't going to get elected to city council. <laughs> they're going to hate you, buddy. <laughs> Embrace the hate. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Wait a minute. Oh, once saved, always saved. Huh? But he that endureth to the end. What about he that doesn't endure to the end? But when they don't like you in the church, flee to another one. They don't like you in the city, flee to another one. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone into all the cities of America till the Son of Man become. In other words, you you could never get to all the places you could go. The disciple's not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. So just be like Jesus and you'll be all right. And the servant be like his Lord. And if they've called the master of the house, if they've called Jesus Beelzebub, how much more are they going to call you that? Fear them not, therefore. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and nothing hid that shall not be known. And what I tell you in darkness that you speak in light. What he means by what he tells you in darkness, what he tells you in those silent moments of the night, when your head's on the pillow, when you can't go to sleep, when he, what he tells you in darkness, speak ye in the light. And what you hear in the ear, get up on your house. And scream it to everybody. You know what it says? I think I'm rewriting the Bible here. And do me a favor. Don't be afraid of them who are going to kill the body. But are not able to kill the soul. But rather, you ought to be afraid of him which is able to destroy both soul and body. In hell. Or not two sparrows sold for two bucks. One of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. My daughters, they bought four chickens. Two of them are dead. They're sad. The dog killed two of the chickens. My daughter sat over two dead chickens. Aren't you more than a chicken? But, And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your daughter knowing that that chicken was dead. Because Why? The very hairs of your head are numbered. Hey, not counted. He knows hair number one from hair number 1,012. They're numbered. This is showing the intimacy of the Holy Spirit in your life. So don't be afraid. Because you're far more, more important than those chickens. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, There's a reward coming. I'm going to drag him in front of my daddy. And I'm going to say, did you see what what Dave did the other night? Did you see that, dad? Did you see him stand up in that crowd and say, did you see that? But whosoever shall deny me before men, he's going to take that film to the father too. He's going to say, look at this. He He had a chance to stand up for you and he didn't do it. He was afraid he was going to make his son mad or his daughter mad or his mommy mad or his friend mad or his pastor mad. So he he denied you. And so whoever shall keep his tongue before men, I'm going to keep my tongue before my father, which is in heaven. I'm just paraphrasing. He said, "You, you 21st century Christians, don't think I came to send peace on earth. What's wrong with you? I didn't come to send peace. I sent a sword. Because I'm going to divide the sheep and the goats. I'm going to divide families. I'm going to divide loyalties. Because I came to set a man at variance against his dad. 
daughter against her mom, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Say amen. 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 And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. But he that loves his father and mother more than me, not worthy of me. And he that loveth his son or daughter more than me is not worthy. Folks, this is <laughs> these words are in red, baby. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me, he ain't worthy of me. Oh, he may find his life, but he's going to lose it. But that guy who loses his life for my sake, oh, he's going to find it. And he that that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that rejects you, rejects me. Boy. You get it, don't you? Wait a minute. In verse 32, And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, I verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his. Somebody help me out. I, my, my eyes are blurry. What's that word say? Reward? I thought there weren't any works. You mean you get a prize? You mean you get a prize just for standing up and speaking up and defending the truth? You get a you get a reward for that? Jeez, I want to earn my reward. Amen. 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 Now I want to say this directly to the pastors. Some of them may be listening. Secretly, you're going to be held to a greater account, dude. Amen on that one. You're going to be held to a greater account. And you can bet your bippy that the more you come aligned with Christ and this scripture here, the more trouble you're going to have in that thing you're calling a church. Boom. Is it is it okay? Can I take you to some truth here? Sit back. Folks, look. Are you looking at me? I love the body of Christ. I love it. But I don't like this thing masquerading as it. I don't I don't like it. It's like it's like spiritual pornography. You know what? I love my wife. Boom. There ain't nothing like my wife. And the last thing I would want my wife to do is know that even though I tell her I love her, I point because she's upstairs. I'm in my multi-million dollar studio. I, the last thing I would want her to know is that I'm going and watching pornography because it makes me feel better than her. Oh, I love her. I love her. But when she's not looking, I'm watching porn. Hmm? The churches are porn. They're, they're serving a different I'm just hey, go fellowship with somebody else. I care about your soul. Boom. And pastor, if you are pastoring a church and you're worrying about attendance and budget and all that stuff, dude, you better take a strong account of what why you're in it. You better you better look hard at it. Amen. I'd rather I'd rather get a job working on the garbage truck than stand in the pulpit and lie to people. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you, Pastor. Huh? I'm not here to discourage you. I know some of you as uh, <clears throat> I look, I'm not going to, I don't want to share conference. I had one of the conversations I had yesterday. One of the pastors said that there's division coming within the church because why? A lot of the, not a lot, several in his congregation are watching Coach Dave live every morning. Amen. And it's causing a division because the ones who are watching Coach Dave live in the morning are in alignment with the pastor and where he's trying to go. But the Let pew the sparks fly, the, Coach. That's right. But the pew sitting Jezebels 
Oh, no, they don't like this new direction. By the way, correct, correcting the path. The pastor is correcting the direction of the plane, and they don't like it. It's making them seasick. With me? I know it's going on. I know it's going on in families, and I know it's going on in churches, and I wish I could make it better, but it is what it is. I'm, I, I see your hands. I want to get you in. I got to. I got to show you this before I get too far away from it. Okay, go go to uh, where did I send it? Where is it? No, no, no. Did I send that to you? I didn't send it to you yet. Did I? No, Spencer. Shame on me. Okay, coming to you right now, folks. I'm going to show you something here. This is this is the kind of stuff that makes me sick and at the same time makes me feel good. Okay. Are you ready? Craig, I see your hand, man. I know you want to get in there. Hang on. Pull up for me. Oh, God. Coach, which one do you want to see? Pull up number five. Pull up number five for me. Decline of American values, a troubling reality of church attendance. This is, I think it's George Barna. Church attendance hits rock bottom. Stay right there a minute. Are religious values disintegrating? Brace yourself for a shocking revelation that will shake the foundations of your faith in America. As church attendance plummets to an all-time low, the pandemic's impact has left religious institution in despair. Why? Because they built their house on sinking sand. Church attendance in the United States has witnessed a dramatic decline, as revealed by Gallup polls. 2016, an average of 34% of U.S. adults attended religious service in the past week. However, Since 2020, it's fallen to 30%. With May 2023, according to stressing a low, 31%. The closure of churches and ongoing COVID-19 avoidance practices disrupted the habit of attending religious services for many Americans. In other words, they were playing games in church. Evangelical free fall. Scroll down, Spencer. Scroll down. George Barna. Hang on. Keep going. You're doing, you're doing. I'm sorry, folks. I got to give you these facts. You can watch it. The survey indicates that church attendance have dropped off significantly. Protestants experienced a four-point decline from 44% to 40%. Catholic witnessed a seven-point decrease to 30%. Regardless of political affiliation, both the Republicans and Democrats quit going to church. Why? Why? This emphasizes the enduring importance of religious services among conservative individuals. Scrolling down. <clears throat> I'm going to play a little clip here for you. Among age groups, there you go, astonishing, 82% of young adults did not attend a church within the past week. 82% of Americans' young adults did not go to church. Hey, I, I, I got to ask the question. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <clears throat> Only 70% attending in person and a mere 1% participating remotely. In contrast, other age groups' attendance rates ranging from 27 to 31%. What? Notably, adults age 55 and above showed the highest participation in remote attendance. In other words, men and women started to stay home and watch church. It gave them an excuse. COVID gave them an excuse to abandon their local church. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I know. I, it's a bad thing in the good churches. It's a good thing in the bad churches. With me? With me? <clears throat> the survey conducted included 1,000 adults with a margin. Uh, remarkably, 5% of regular attendees still participate virtually. <clears throat> All right. Go back up. Put it at 1.5 speed. Next one. Next one. Next one. That one. Put a 1.5 speed, and George Barna is going to tell you what's going on here. Hey, folks, you're, you're in good company. You're in good company. Go ahead. American Evangelical Church in Freefall. Recent findings from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University found a growing decline in Christian beliefs and church attendance. George Barna is director of research at the ACU Center. George, thank you for joining us. So the American church isn't bouncing back the way we'd hoped for after the pandemic. Evangelicals are in trouble. So tell us what's happening and why. Well, the big picture is when we look at some of the measures that often are looked at, like church attendance, 
we find that that has dropped since the beginning of the pandemic. A lot of people dropped out of church, never returned. If we look at what's happened in the last six years, uh, you know, there's there's been a very significant decline from 56% of adults attending at least once a month down to 35% now. So that's a huge shift. We look at Bible reading. Uh, over the course of the pandemic, you would have thought that would have been a time where more people would have picked up God's Word to get guidance, but it turned out that was not the case. And so what we've seen is a decline from 37% reading the Bible outside of any kind of church events during the course of a week, 37% down now to about 33%. And even those people who consider themselves to be Christian, regardless of what their belief profile may indicate, if we just look at those who embrace the name of Christianity, that also has continued its skid over the last number of years. We've gone uh, down below the 70% mark now. We're down at 68%. So for a nation that used to have more than 9 out of 10 of its adults who at least claim to be Christian, now down to 2 out of 3, uh, that, that's something that we need to pay attention to. And, and what I found most shocking, George, was you're finding that only 55% of evangelicals believe that people are born sinners and can only find salvation in Jesus Christ. Did that shock you? This is a core evangelical Christian belief. Why do you think the church is faltering on that? Well, there are some things that we know that even evangelical churches tend not to talk about very much. Sin is one of those issues. The reality of Satan is another one of those issues. When you start putting together the variety of things that evangelical churches, much less other Christian churches, don't talk about very much, you can begin to see why these patterns emerge. And so you've got that. And then also look at the fact that a third of the people who sit in evangelical churches every week would not probably qualify as born-again Christians. Only God really does. But the, the research simply tries to estimate where do people stand spiritually. And when we ask people what they think will happen to them after they die, and we find that a third of the people that regularly attend evangelical churches do not believe that after they die they're going to go to heaven, and only because they've confessed their sins and accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, that too is a core evangelical perspective. But you've got a large share of the people in those churches that don't buy it. And you've been doing this for a long, long time. I know you've been doing this for many years. So does any of this surprise you, or do we see the culture starting to creep into the churches rather than the churches influencing the culture? Yeah, honestly, this is a pattern that we started seeing about a quarter of a century ago, and it has simply continued. In evangelical churches, it's been a much slower decline than, say, in mainline churches or other Christian churches. But nevertheless, that decline has continued. And the pandemic was one of those opportunities for it to grow a little bit faster than normally it might have. So I, I think that's what we're seeing here. When we look even at things like people's perspectives on the sanctity of life, uh, we find that among evangelicals, only four out of 10 would say that human life is sacred. And you've only got about half of them saying that abortion for any reason other than to spare the life of the mother or the child is morally unacceptable. So there's rampant biblical confusion or resistance even in evangelical churches across the country. So what are the consequences of, of this then, not only for the church, but our society as well, if this decline in core beliefs and church attendance continues? Well, one of the things that we can suggest is that evangelical churches are losing their theological distinctives. As far as the public is concerned, now one Christian church is pretty much the same as any other, and it's hard to find evidence that that's not the case. Culturally, I think the scary part is that when you look to that group of people in our nation who can stand up biblically against many of the unusual, bizarre, immoral changes that are being proposed in public policy, that are being taught in our public schools, that parents are wrestling with as they're trying to figure out how to raise their children. In all of these areas, we're finding fewer and fewer people who embrace biblical perspectives, fewer and fewer people who are capable of defending biblical perspectives mm. in the public square. And so it's it's one of those situations, I think, where all of us need to sit back and say, wow, am I part of the problem or part of the solution? And if I'm part of the solution, how committed am I to being out there in the marketplace, being that solution on a daily basis? Okay, salt and light. George Barna of ACU's Cultural Research Center. Thank you wow. for taking the time. Wow! Huh? Are you surprised? Are we surprised by this? Huh? That's what I said. Is it a good thing churches are closing down? Maybe it is. Because what they're getting is not the real deal. It's not real biblical Christianity. It's self-help Christianity. In fact, you know what I wrote down here? Churches are like a health spa. It's a place that you go on Sunday, and you may sit on a few machines, but you never really do any workout. And you show up on Sunday, and you do a couple bench presses, and you go take a sauna, and you think you're getting in shape, and you're just lying to yourself, folks. Churches are health spas. That's all they are. Boom. That's all that's all they've become. It's big business. Big business. Now look to the pastors out there that still call me a friend. God bless you. I appreciate it. I'm on your side. I'm not against you. I'm not against you. And there's an old adage that uh the the great 
one of the greatest football teams I ever had was, I don't remember the years because they all just rolled together. But we had a real upheaval at, as a Fairfield Christian Academy. We had a real upheaval because there were things going on in the church that made people leave the church and took their kids out of the academy. I was the football coach, right? And we, we, uh, we come into the new season. We don't even have a quarterback. We don't even have, we don't have a guy on the team who's ever taken a snap as a quarterback. To you guys, that may not be any big deal, but it's a big deal. I'm going to go play some football teams, and I don't even have a guy who's ever taken a snap as a quarterback. So I grabbed a hold of Colin Young, who was a big baseball pitcher. I said, Colin, you're going to be the quarterback. And I taught him to play quarterback in about two weeks to be quarterback. And I said, I just want you to do get us lined up right, run, uh, get the ball to the guy, just do the best you can. He became a very, very good quarterback. All right? But you know what it was? We called that team the Dirty 30. Because we went from 55 players to 30 players because – People removed their kids from the school. And the dirty 30 went undefeated. I'm not telling you what a great coach I am. I'm telling you this, pastors. You need to get rid of some folks. And we'll say it again. You need to get rid of some folks. They're dead weight, baby. They're dead weight. They're Jezebel spirits. They're... They have to be in a place where there's Ahab and they are dragging you down. Hey, dude, cut them loose. Say, listen, I'm going to trade you for two draft picks. You, uh, you've been in this church since, you're, since you were born, and we love the fact that you're here, but I'm telling you, you're on the trading block. I'm trading you to the Baptist church down the street, and we're trading you for two players to be named later. Amen. Amen. Huh? Pastors, you stand up. You speak the truth. You teach the truth, and God will bring people to you. If you're going to pattern your church after everybody else, well, you're going to get what everybody else has got. We just heard it from. We just heard it from Bonnie. We just heard it. I got more, but I'll let you in. Come on in, Craig. I wasn't able to get in yesterday about this thing, uh, Coach. About you know hating loving the things that god loves and hating the things that god hates and so the first thing that people say is okay you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself all right well let's go back to the foundations of where this is brought up and let's look at it as the context so if, if spencer could bring up leviticus 19 17 and while he's doing this i want to make a point and these are these are good points to ask whoever the pastor whoever will have this just say mindset right all right wasn't Israel 12, uh, 13 tribes of 13 sons? So aren't they all considered brothers? Didn't they all have to make a pact that when they went into the land that they were all going to come and defend each other? Okay. Yeah. So when we're talking about brothers here, are we talking about mankind in general? Or are we really talking about, okay, they were they were brothers, right? Uh, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated, right? They were right. brothers. Right. So they're really speaking to uh, in some senses to themselves. Right. But then who's your neighbor? So if we go to Leviticus um, 1917, I got the New King James it says it says you should thoroughly not hate your brother in, in your heart. Right. In your spirit. So you're not supposed to hate him in spirit. OK. But it says you should surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. So, okay, now we're, we're required, if our neighbor is in sin, we're supposed to rebuke them. We're supposed to tell them that. That's how you love your neighbor. (laughs) Well, we're going to get to that part here, coach. It says, then you shall not take vengeance, right? So you don't take it in a vengeful way, uh, nor bear a grudge against the children of your people. Okay. Who's the children of the people? That's the children of all these brothers. All right but you shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? But you're loving them by going two sentences above them by rebuking them so you don't bear their sin. Right. Because whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, folks. He disciplines. Do this, don't do that. Stop it, right? If you love your neighbor, you're going to say, hey, listen, I've been watching something. Your, Your daughter, she's a pretty girl, and I'm noticing, man, She's eye candy. You better be careful. Anybody with me? Anybody with me? We're not going to say that, right? Oh, you watch, you're a pervert? No, I'm not a pervert. I'm just telling you, she's dressing in a way that I don't think is good for her. And I'm just warning you because I love you. 
Boom. Would you want to hear that from somebody about your daughter? If you, if you knew, if somebody told you that your son was sneaking off at night and smoking crack, would you want to know that? Huh? Or are you worried about somebody's going to say, mind your own business? I'd want to know. And then if I told them and they said, mind your own business, I've delivered my own soul. I told them the truth. I, I told them the truth in love. Mm. That's what Craig's talking about. We look the other way. We deny the Lord. We look the other way. We don't love our brother. See, we you don't love your brother by encouraging him in his sin. That's not love. Jeff Nell. Yeah. Mentioning the separations, uh, we have the Logo School and Grace Bible Church. They split. Actually, the school itself split. They're breaking off and went to different directions. It is the immaturity, absolute immaturity. And in all the pastors in my area, they say this to me. We don't do that here, Jeff. We don't do that here. That's obviously that. Yeah, thank you. you That's why I'm here, because you don't do that here. (laughs) That's why I'm here. Right? Roger. Dave, I want to just come back to your original thought about the family situation, uh, if I may, for a minute. You've described part of my family. I've got uh, a wife that listens regularly, but we disagree some. I've got a son who thinks at times I've been, my views have changed because of the morning. But what I've learned has worked in my family. And it might be interesting to know if how other people deal with it is I don't pound my involvement in the queue or the positions that I've learned from the queue that I believe are biblical with my family. I don't get into big disagreements. I don't try to convince them they ought to listen to the yeah. queue. I don't try to tell them how great you are, or how bad you are, because I want to remain and keep communication lines open. Amen. I'm on a family vacation now. Everybody's here. Do we agree with who politically? Pretty much. Do we agree about Jesus? Pretty much. But there are some differences. But it's more important for me, and this is just my testimony, to maintain communication, to maintain influence. And what I've done, just as I've changed in listening to the show for the last five years or six years, is I don't pound. I just kind of generally talk and give some ideas, but I never go into this is the way, or you are wrong. Now, are there times that I may need to do that in life? Yes. But I pick the battle. I pick the biblical issue, and I'm careful about it. Because for me, continued communication with my young people is key. Does that make any sense? They know where I stand, and I stand here. That's all I can do. But I do not break fellowship with them. Amen. But they know where I stand. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I would say, mean, listen, you're not going to bring your girlfriend here and sleep with her in my house. You're not going to do that. Yeah. You're welcome here. Yeah. You yeah. guys are both welcome yeah. to come here, but you're not going to come into my house and screw yeah. your your girlfriend in a bed yeah. I bought. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And and I think I'd be, I, I know that there's a number of people that, as you've said, probably are having difficulty. But there must be some success stories out there, too, of how to incorporate a, a, a faith that is growing, a faith that is more action-oriented um, within the family unit, because I think we must preserve that communication, or you'll have no influence. Amen. Amen. Good word, Roger. Laura Ann, come on in. Then Myra. Laura Ann, then Myra. Go. Um, just just. Uh come back to a point that what Joseph this and this is this is a great picture of the um entire church right Joseph's brother lynched him threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery and that's exactly what the church is doing right now there and, and and all these pastors that sit there and say no there's a separation of church and state by not doing anything, and these pastors not doing anything, they're still doing something. No response is still a response. No, right. they're, de- they're denying the Lord. They're denying the Lord. Exactly. And then all, and then all, and all, all the people that they call that they say they're shepherding are are lambs led to the slaughter. Straight. That's right, brother. That's it. Because they're it. believing a lie. 
that everything is fine when they're not because it's like because hey i gotta be my kid's best friend i i keep telling my daughter i you can always have a million friends but you get one of me and i'm your mom and that's it we have one savior one god and one dad in heaven and we have an audience of three and that's god the father the son and the holy spirit that's who we're there for and we're to represent that here on earth and it's so hard it was all these single parents and all the families divided against one another or and it starts with dads walking away from their kids because they don't like the situation yeah, and then yeah. they complain about having to pay child support well those kids if you wouldn't have caused some of the problems before and you would have manned up and you would have womaned up and put on your big <laughs> and your big boy underwear and said look we're going to do this for the kids and these are kids are still mine and we're going to do this together and we're going to agree to disagree how much different would everything be? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I, I, it's not I, always about the father yeah. doing wrong, though. No, no, no. no it, it's a, hey, it's everywhere. It's a, don't hey, I, that's a bunny trail. I could run down. I ain't gonna run down that. I'm yeah, and that's why I said women need to put on their big girl underwear. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. How about this? How about when you take a vow, you keep a vow? How, how about that? Huh? How about that? We got guys. That take an oath. We got guys that take an oath of office in the government. They don't follow that oath, and we don't do anything about it. We don't care. Matter, Myra. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. Um, Spencer, I will be reading from Jeremiah three, fourteen through fifteen. Turn all backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family and i will bring you to zion and i will give you pastors according to mine heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding hallelujah he'll give us some of those we need we we need bold pastors right, look some of you guys you need to clean house just telling you we're trying to appease mm-hmm. Quit trying to be a smorgasbord. Quit trying to be a vibrator to tickle their ears. Stop it. I would, if I was running a church, if I, if I opened up a church, I'd say, number one, attendance. You're not welcome here. If you believe anything with deviant sexual behavior, you're not welcome here. Number two, if you believe that a woman should be able to kill her unborn child, you are not welcome in the church. You, did you hear what I'm saying? You are not welcome in the church. What fellowship have believers with non-believers. Why, why, why is this so hard for us to get? Why do we want to appeal to everybody, right? I want to appeal to everybody. Dave Allison. Yeah, good morning, Coach. I just got thinking as you, Lord, was revealing to me, the power was out in North Carolina this morning. And what happened? But Jared, Spencer, and Jonathan jumped into action and said, we got to do something here, man. We got we to gotta correct the, our course here and get this thing going. The power is out in the church. Mm. <laughs> We're checking what, the plugs, aren't we? Huh? Yes, the lights might be on, but the power, the power is out. So what you just the, what you just said, I'm not going to allow that because guess what that does? It knocks the power out. Amen, baby. Huh? Hey, a tree fell on the wire someplace. Somebody go figure out what happened here, will you? Somebody got unplugged from something. Amen. Well said, Dave. Neil and Dale. Not that Roger needs reaffirming in what he stated earlier, but it is so true keeping the lines of communication open. My wife has done that very well uh, with all of our children, but our daughter, especially after nine years of the University of Wisconsin system, yeah. she did a one she did a one eighty from where she was back when she was in high school, and the proof is in the pudding. Instead of beating our children over the head with the Bible, just keeping communication, being there for them, loving them. I got a Father's Day card from my daughter that says how much she respects me. By the time I got done reading that card, I looked at a half a box of tissues thrown on the floor from, from just how much that card said how much she appreciates me. And we don't have to beat our children over the head with the Bible. We just got to love them. We have to walk straight. Our greatest witness is our walk. And they see that whether they're loving on the Lord or not. And they see that. So there's always hope if you can keep that communication line open. Thanks, Roger, for stating that. What did uh, what did uh, old Martin Luther say? 
when they were persecuting him because he pounded those theses on the wall, he said, hey, here I stand. I can do no more. There's a lesson to be learned there, isn't there, folks? Here I stand. I can do no more. I ain't moving. I ain't moving. Dale. Well, Coach, uh, it, it's a it's a fine line to walk right there. And, and uh, you know, the scripture tells, let the tares grow because the tares are going to be removed and burned. So in that, and so, you know, when I became the pastor, I was, I was, you know, a, a, a voice for the, for the unborn from 92 on. And when I, when I took that role that I didn't ask for and became, I, the first thing I looked at them, I said, I just want to let you know, I'm not changing. I'll be down at the abortion clinic this, <laughs> this weekend. And, and I want you to follow me. And I tell people to this day, I said, listen, just because you attend this church don't mean I'm your pastor. Let's just get that straight. Wow. Just because you come here doesn't mean I'm your pastor. And and for the family, brother, let me tell you what, rearing your children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And, and if and if you have children or if you have grandchildren, you should be sitting down reading. And uh, brother, I'm just telling you, reading the word with the family is Amen. an incredible, powerful thing. Amen. Some, now, I want to say this last thing. Some of these pastors or I should say charlatans, they, they get, they get awakened and I get that, but I want to tell you something. Some of them need to step down and as hard as that is to swallow, they have led the flock astray in a very dangerous path. Many have fallen away and they need to just step down. Just like if they committed adultery, they did. They committed adultery, the highest treason against the Lord. They need to step down and allow somebody else to come in there and fill that void until they can be fully reconciled and trained in the truth. Amen. Amen. Amen, Dale. Jack and Sheila. Uh, I believe that a lot of the problem is disillusionment. We, we, we all, as humans, we need regimentation. We need to know that tomorrow it's going to be the same. The truth is the same. The truth is the same. And when that, when that breaks down, People are disillusioned, whether it's in the family yep. or in the church. And I believe that the disillusionment is a form of PTSD, and we see it happening. We see that, that, that the yep. church is committing suicide, just like yep. a lot of the military, because the, the military, the, the, the suicide rate goes up when people are disillusioned. So they, PTSD, they PTSD in the church, and they're giving them medication, aren't they? They're medicating yeah. with a phony yeah. gospel. That's what sugar. they're doing. They're just sugar. Amen. Amen, Jack. Good point. Sheila. We're out of alignment with the Father. It was Amen. a couple of years ago by the time God brought me to the point, and it actually came out in an interview, and it came out rather strongly. We've been living a lie. Christ didn't do anything that we're doing in the church. All of this is paganism and witchcraft, and we wonder mm -hmm. how it's affecting our families. Yep. The the pagan holidays and feasts and festivals actually groom the children for what the enemy's doing to them. Wow. You know, and we're, we're so far out of alignment. We don't honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. We aren't even meeting on the Sabbath. We, we don't honor our father and mother. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. No. And so the fellowship being on Sunday, under the venerable day of the sun, honoring the sun God, whose names are God with a capital G, Lord with a capital L, Master of the Universe with a capital M, we didn't know. But the thing is, you can't keep fixing. When you've got cancer, you've got to take the right dose to, to have a different path. And we're not even coming back. And until we deal with the root of that, we're, we've been put on this path by Constantine, in 312 to 325, and he died in 337, and the whole Roman Empire fell in 395. So it, we're still living that. We have the ability with that wisdom to change it all. Amen. And the reason why the church is crumbling, and, and, and it's just a joke in, in hearing those numbers, how are, they taking, how are they taking these polls and everything in the surveys to know how many pages of the Bible people are reading? I mean, I, where do people get this information? Yeah, that's good but point. they don't know the lives of the people. And that's what Bishop told me. He said, I said, I'm so sorry, sir. I said, everybody wants me to have credentials. And he said, I'm just glad you didn't go to the seminary. They would have beat your faith out of you. Why? <laughs> do you know that they're being told the faith? They're being told the truth in the seminaries and told not to change any of these traditions 
not change any of these yeah. for the memories of the family. And even the marriage ceremony is all pagan rituals. Something yeah. blue, something borrowed, something. And that's why the humanist weddings, they just don't even share the name of God because they don't want anyone to think that they're even following the other God. Mm-hmm. So it's the same rituals. It's the same thing they're doing. They just don't mention that let no man put asunder what God has joined together. That's oh. all they're missing. And Amen. so we didn't even realize we're living all these symptoms. And you can't give well when the enemy knows that he's just going to give you more symptoms because you've been aligned with their kingdom the entire time that you've been involved with the world church. Wow. And that's what it is. Amen. Clash of two kingdoms. Thanks for your wisdom, Sheila. Pastor Clint. You were talking about um, if if you had somebody in your church that believed in abortion, you'd ask them to leave. And I've never had to ask anybody to leave. What comes out of the pulpit should make them leave if they believe <laughs> in that. Amen. It should run I, them off. That's right. I, I've, had, I've had people to quit because their brother was gay. I've had people to quit. Um, because they were Masons. I've had people to quit because they were living with somebody, and I never had to say anything because God said it all behind the pulpit. If you're preaching what God has you to preach, that will m- most most generally take care of itself. Amen, baby. Amen. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, let the Lord do the sifting. Amen, brother. Appreciate you, Clint. Tracy, then Annette. Hey, good morning, everyone. I just have uh, two quick points because Sheila's in here. Um, Sheila, I've been reading your Warriors battle, Battlefield book after coach, and I'm like, hey, what is Sheila telling me today? So thank you so much, too, for your reads. But I wanted to go back to what Craig was saying. I think a lot of it has to do with us actually doing and reading our own, or like, the Bible on our own because everything is cherry picked out there. Just like, you know, I grew up believing love thy neighbor, love thy neighbor, but you're not reading the whole verses. You're not reading everything before and after. So um, there's a lot of different meaning to it. Whenever you actually start studying the Bible yourself. Amen. (laughs) That's right, man. But it's so, Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Oh Lord help us. Annette. Good morning. I just want to just um, acknowledge you, Coach, because in back in 2015, you you became like a father to me when you spoke out on everything that's going out outside going on outside the church, and uh, it, it allowed me to use discernment and and to think on my own. And mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for that because my father mm-hmm. fell short in that area, but I I still honor my father. I loved him. He was a Christian. But if he was still around, I have a I would have a lot to say to him now that I have a voice. And I thank remember, you for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Annette. And remember this, folks, you cannot teach what you don't know. You cannot teach what you don't know. So we have to understand that our fathers were they were prisoners of what they'd been taught, right? They were they were at the heart, they were in the middle of passive Christianity. That's when the whole thing was launched. Tune in, turn on, drop out, 60s and 70s, right? That's where, that's where our fathers were. They were overwhelmed. They didn't know what to do. They, they, they lived in a country where everybody was Christian. Everything was Christian. And then all of a sudden, there's this assault on the church and on Christianity. They, they didn't know what to do. And so here we are. We're, we're the fruit of that. So we have to honor them. They did the best they could. Look, I look, look back on the training of my own children. I hope they forgive me. I made so many mistakes, but I just did what I knew to do at the time. No, there are no classes on raising ch- children. You know that. Clay. These churches, you've been saying it for years. They're full of uh, lukewarm Christians. And uh, even worse, we got, we got people that call themselves Christians out there that, that believe premarital sex is okay. Abortion is okay. Celebrating, uh, uh, Mardi Gras is okay. Uh, talking, taking oaths with secret societies is okay. And so the, this dropping out of these, the, the numbers of uh, going to these churches, well, that's 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 a good thing. If we can weed out all too, the bro. lukewarm yeah. Christians and all these people that call themselves Christians that believe it's okay to have premarital sex and kill babies, then 
people will see the true Christians, the ones that are that are uh, on fire and willing to take up the cross, and that's what they've been needing to see all of these years. Amen, baby. Amen. Huh? Amen. Hey, if we deny him before men, somebody say guilty, guilty, George, then Dan. Revelation 3.16, because you are neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. That's right. America is based on pagan witchcraft. Coach, you're all right. There has to be a great falling away first. Mm -hmm. I'm falling in. I'm not falling away. I'm falling in. I can't control everybody else. I'm going to speak the truth, and I hope you fall in, not away. But the choice is going to be yours. Some people can't handle it. Thanks, George. Dan, come on in. Morning, Coach and Huddle. Appreciate everything. But I got to give you some feedback on Monday's homework, Coach. Okay. Watch a three-hour video on Flat Earth. And uh, you got to cut out. I got to call out lies when I see them. Um, All the arguments, uh, science-based arguments, and all the evidence put forth, is misconstrued or outright lies in that video. You mean in the video? Yep. Yep. Okay. And I promise you, I understand physics. Okay. And I promise everybody in here, and it's not ego, and it's not to create discord or anything like that. Okay. But that is full of lies and half-truths and deceiving people who don't understand basic physics. Okay. So everything put forth, if anybody wants to argue with me, anything, any one point, or so-called evidence put forth in that video, I can explain it to them. Awesome. So, Dan, here's what we do here. We lay it on the table, and we chew it up and spit it out and figure out what the truth is. So uh, in the multitude of many counselors is great wisdom, and I don't want to be one of those guys who don't want to talk about it because it makes people uncomfortable. But I'm a purveyor and a seeker of truth, and I'm not going to believe something just because somebody told me something one way or another. I think that's how we got in this mess. Thanks for standing up. Appreciate it. Thanks for standing up. Coach, I'm on on my phone. Okay, go, Randy. Yeah, or I can come in after, Coach, what you do. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, Coach, the reason the church is where it's at, the reason the uh, evangelicalism is where it's at, is because their theology said this, and our whole life, even before we were born, it said evangelism. Let's get everybody saved before we go to heaven. Coach, if you think about it and study it, that is a default position. That is a, that's giving up, that's a losing side. That's saying we're, we're going out of here. When you say, I'm going to take the earth, I'm going to bring it, advance the kingdom, I'm, everyone you come into the kingdom of God, that's a different approach. And that's what we're into now. That's what God is. That's why he's dividing off that of just where the, the, the mindset that says all we do is just evangelize and we don't take, we don't become the church. We don't stand against evil. It's two different positions, Coach. Yes, it is. And God it is. is, you're right. He's dividing off those that won't be part of what he's doing in this, on this earth. That's all it is. We're just seeing the divide and it's okay. It's okay. And, and Randy, the scripture is very, very clear. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. Broad is the way, narrow is the gate. Many come, few find it. And we have this mentality in the church that we're going to go get everybody saved. Well, good luck with that. That's not what the scripture says. It's not everybody's going to do it. And that's, look, I'm going to say this again because this is critical. A lot of the, I don't argue any of this stuff in my own personal life with people who don't agree with me. I don't go to family reunions. They don't really invite me to family reunions because why? Of what they think I'm going to say and do when I get there. I don't, I don't, I don't even bother to do it. I just go and try to enjoy myself like everybody else. They know where I stand. They know what I think. And I'm not there to convince them. I can't convince them. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So when there's an opportunity for me to give a nugget of truth, I will do it. But I don't go to my family reunion and sit around and preach at everybody. But they're afraid I'm going to. (laughs) They're afraid I'm going to. 
And why don't they want to hear it? Why don't they want to hear it? Because they are comfortable where they are and whatever belief system they have. And they don't want anybody rocking the boat. Well, I'm a boat rocker. See you tomorrow. Amen.